right, 13, 12, 69. Now, we have a new Premier in New South Wales, but it mustn't be forgotten that he oversaw it was his baby, the state's insurance scheme that was supposed to look after injured workers. Dominic Perrottet was in charge of iCare. It was his. The state insurer has found itself in so much hot water over the last couple of years, it's not funny. It certainly isn't funny, particularly if you've been underpaid. Well, iCare will now pay $38 million to 53,000 largely underpaid injured workers affected by historic miscalculation errors. Uh, errors. This despite the fact that over many years, iCare's top executives were paid an absolute fortune. In fact, my understanding is their current chief executive officer has paid a hell of a lot more than the Premier or the Prime Minister of this country. But that's another story. Someone who's been chasing up the detail of these underpayments is David Shoebridge. Good morning, David. Yeah, morning, Marcus. Finally, some of these injured workers get at least some of what they're entitled to. But I think it's been a long road. At least some. An iCare <coughs> review of 16,000 injured worker case files between 2012 and 2019 has revealed an average error rate of 3.5% or an underpayment of $26 a week due to miscalculated pre-injury average weekly earnings. In other words, around about $7,500 each for 523 workers underpaid a total of more than $3.9 million. Yeah, and, and if, you re- if you reflect on, on the context of this, when people go into workers' comp, they get a fraction of what they used to get um, when they were being fully paid. They're struggling to get by. And what we now know is that tens and tens of thousands of injured workers are also being shortchanged, you know, not even getting the really modest levels of workers' compensation that they're entitled to. And, and what has been so frustrating about this process is the long process of denial from iCare. We kept pushing and pushing and pushing to get the numbers out of them last year, the year before and early this year in a parliamentary inquiry. And, yeah. and the initial response from ICAC was that the, the liability was nothing to see here. It's a fraction of, of what they've ended up paying out today. And Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of investigation into it. You've done work on it. The Sydney Morning Herald, The Age, for even Four Corners, which last year revealed iCare had underpaid as many as 52,000 injured workers by up to $80 million in compensation. Of course, iCare disputed the underpayment <laughs> figures, saying they believed that only, uh, only five to 10,000 workers had been underpaid, up to $10 million in total. Their chief executive officer, Richard Harding, yesterday said effective employees, I'm sorry, employers and employees have been unable to provide data to accurately assess underpayments. Hello, what? Yeah, yeah. so it turns out that for years uh, payments were being made from workers' comp, workers comp insurer um, just on a, on a promise or a summary that came through from the employer. They'd never asked for the payslips and they'd never asked for the right documentation in order to justify the amount of workers' comp that was being paid to people. And of course, who ended up getting shortchanged in that? Well, the poor old injured workers. And, 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 and the fact that I care and their executives were taking home uh, one $200,000 bonuses well, while right. they were underpaying injured workers who were struggling to get by on five or six or $700 a week, I think that's what really fired up not just myself on the committee, but I've got to say MPs across the board. And, and there was a lot of um, anger directed at care. And now, now they've said that this is, this is the figure. 
Mm. Well, what, what I'm going to say to ICARE, and we're going to drag them back before the committee, yeah. is show us how you came up with that. Show us the workings. Because so, we still don't believe, or I still don't believe, that the full story is being told by ICARE. Well, I mean, it's <coughs> the history is there. Financial mismanagement, widespread underpayment across the iCare stable. I mean, it emerged last year before a subsequent review into its culture and governance revealed systemic weaknesses and a failure to hold management to account. Uh, and we, we know that, I'm sorry to say it, uh, to the, you know, it, it stretches to the current, premier, the current Premier, Dominic Perrottet. I mean, what's his role in all of this? Well, he was in charge of, um, he was effectively in charge of iCare throughout the whole of this sorry mess. And in fact, iCare, if you recall, was was paying to subsidise at least two of his staff for yes. a whole bunch of time. You know, so money that was meant to be going to injured workers, money that should have been going to these underpayments, instead had been going to pay for two staff um, in in the uh, then Treasurer's office. And when when we insisted upon a detailed review of that, well, it was found that was unlawful. And then they, they weren't entitled to use workers' comp money to pay for staff in the Treasurer's office. But... I think this is just part of a disastrous mismanagement in eye care. And and if if you want to get an indication of just how bad it is and continues to be, over the last three years, ICAC has paid out uh, ICAC has paid out in the course of its operations six billion dollars more than it's received in premiums. It's ICAC, been you mean? Billion, I think yeah, you said ICAC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not ICAC. I, I wish ICAC had that kind of money. No. <laughs> no um, I, iCare has paid out... That's a whole um, other issue, David. Indeed. (laughs) So it's lost $6 billion in its insurance operations over the last three years. $6 billion. And the only way it's stayed in in the black is it's been gambling with the assets on the stock market. That's That's right. That's how it's stayed in the black. And and it's been told by an independent review that that is not long-term sustainable. My theory is that they will use that, 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 that ongoing failure of management to try and cut injured workers' benefits in the future. And I can tell you now, we're not going to stand for that. No, absolutely. Uh, where's <laughs> Matt Keane on this? Uh, he's the treasurer now. He's responsible for iCare. Uh, apparently, he says new legislation following recommendations from another review prompted by the scandal would only be introduced, not now, <laughs> not immediately, but next year in 2022. Uh, look, I have no doubt you'll be keeping a, a very close eye on how the operations continue there at iCare um, under Matt Keane's watch now. Uh, of course, um, am I right in saying, and I, look, I don't necessarily blame the current Chief Executive Officer, Richard Harding, he inherited this mess, but is he, is, I mean, are people in iCare, including him, still ridiculously highly paid? Oh, obscenely highly paid. Um, and... Um I haven't got the exact figure in front of me at the moment, but <coughs> Mr Harding is paid substantially more than the Premier, substantially more even than the police commissioner who rakes in some 670 grand. Well, I heard it's up around the $800,000 mark before bonuses. Yeah, indeed. Huh. Uh, I think it's right just up. under a million dollars is my memory of what Mr Harding's paid. So, so I think we can expect results. I think we should be expecting not to see another multi-billion dollar loss next year, but I think more importantly... I think we should be insist upon all injured workers being paid what they're entitled to. Absolutely. And, and right now, <coughs> there are tens and tens of thousands of, of public sector workers um, who are still not being paid for their historic underpayments. So what, what we got yesterday was an announcement about the workers in the private sector who have been underpaid. But at the same time, there have been tens and tens of thousands of workers, you know, nurses, 
<coughs> police um, who have been underpaid in the public sector, and we haven't seen any movement on that from ICARE, and that's another um, another disaster that we're going to keep tra- tra- track of because those injured workers deserve to be paid too. All right. Uh, just before I let you go, uh, the Harbour Bridge, what's your viewpoint on this? Uh, it's something that I'll be following up. It made news yesterday, secret uh, report, if you like, or buried into some of the discussions around the the new uh, Beaches Tunnel is the fact that in order to, you know, get ahead with payments and all the rest of it, we might have a toll heading north uh, on the on the bridge. We know we have one southbound. It's roughly $4 if you're there during peak time, and that's to cover the upkeep of... Uh, that's to cover the cost of the upkeep of the bridge. But, I mean, is there anything these people won't try and privatise and make a dollar out of? I mean, they're public assets. I don't know how, how many times the bridge has been paid for, David. Yeah, I recall about two decades ago, um, this huge fanfare when uh, the then state government finally paid off all the debt about the bridge. It was like a $3 million payment to some um, UK finance uh, company, and it was this huge fanfare. Finally paid it off. Finally, we own the bridge. Isn't this amazing? And now this government wants to privatise the bridge. I mean, literally privatise a Sydney icon, and and in doing that, um, uh, slug uh, motorists with an each-way toll. I mean... This is something I can tell you I, I will be will be fighting against. Um, this is something I think everybody should rise up in revolt against and let the uh, let the premier know um, that that it is totally unacceptable. It's the right. public's bridge. It's a Sydney icon, mm. and it shouldn't be privatised. Good to chat. We'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, David. Cheers, Marcus. All right. Always keeping them honest in New South Wales Parliament, David Shoebridge.